we can do if it wasn't for the blood of Christ. I like how Dr. Garner brought out the point this morning that how quickly they turned in five days. Coming down, waving the palms, shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, worshiping who they thought was their king. And five short days later, they're yelling, crucify him, crucify him. I'm so thankful Jesus chose to stay on the cross. He could have stepped down. He could have said no. But he chose to hang upon that cross that his blood can wash away our sins. Tonight as we pray, let's continue to believe and pray for our lost family, praying them into the kingdom for the same blood that was shed for you and me was shed for them. And was shed for the ones yet to come. It never, never runs dry. Father, we thank you. Thank you that we can come tonight and gather here. Thank you we can worship you and praise you. As we go into the resurrection season. Coming to celebrate just a couple of weeks your resurrection. We first have to celebrate your death. And we thank you. We thank you for the blood that was shed, for the blood that was spilled in the garden when you began to sweat. We thank you, you made the choice to take the cup and not say no. Tonight we give you praise and honor and glory. Tonight, fathers, we continue to worship you. We're going to thank you for family and friends coming to the kingdom. Lord, we have planted seed over the year. We've not seen all of the harvest yet. But, Father, we're believing. We're believing for their salvations. Father, for the seeds that we will plant in the days to come. We're going to thank you. We're going to thank you that one day we're going to see them in the kingdom. Lord, we thank you for our bishop and Dr. Cheryl. This day we set aside to celebrate their wedding anniversary. 35 years of marriage, 35 years of ministry. Father, I just pray a blessing over them. God, I ask for many more years. Touch them and strengthen them. Lord, that every time they stand behind the sacred desk to preach, they preach with new energy and new anointing. Every time they sit and meet with somebody and pour out, God, that you will refill afresh and anew. We thank you for them, Lord, for them being our shepherds and our pastor. Tonight we're honored, Lord, that Dr. Garner's in the house with us. Father, for the word that you already laid on his heart this morning and what you have for us tonight, we ask you once again, touch and anoint him. Open our ears to hear. Open our spirits to receive. Father, for those ministering in other countries as part of the ACM, throughout America part of the network Father we ask now Holy Spirit you just touch them we lift the church in Bermuda we know the persecution they're going through but Father we pray that when they come through the persecution they'll be stronger than ever God that they'll touch more lives than ever before God we're going to play a revival to break loose on the island of Bermuda we're going to shut the enemy down and rain down the glory of heaven. Father, for our chaplains, students of Destiny School, the ministries inside the four walls, we ask your blessing, your continued guidance. And once again tonight, we thank you. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. 
Father, once again, we lift Apostle and Sister C before you. The years that they've poured out, God continue to ask you to refill, 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 and refill. Have your way tonight. Have your way tonight in the services. We continue to celebrate you. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. You may be seated. Angel, glad to see you tonight. Glad to have you with us tonight. Back again. I want to say thank you. Um, what a wonderful anniversary! They just—I had no idea. I thought it would be cookies. I went out there. There was lunch meat and cheeses, and uh, they put out a whole spread and a cake with my picture on it and her picture on it. And I was totally taken back today. I just want to say thank you for being and thank Dr. Patton and the team and all those that made it today special. Amen. Thank you. We love you. We consider it an honor to serve you. Amen. As we serve the Lord. And uh, I forgot this morning and I gave part of her gift after church, but now I'm going to give it to her the second part in the church. Would you bring those to me? To my wife, please. You get double blessing today. Amen. What are you going to do with four balloons and two bouquets of flour? Amen? Happy anniversary. And if you're a good, good wife, I'll take you out to White Castle for lunch. Amen? <laughs> Got to be a good wife, though. If you're better, maybe Burger King or your favorite McDonald's. Amen? Buy anything that you want. Olive Garden. I can't. I can't afford that. I have to backslide to McDonald's or Burger King. But what a wonderful presence of the Lord here today. And uh, again, I thank all of you and our sound team and our tech team. And uh, this morning we heard a message. You know, every Sunday we pray for Dr. Gardner. Amen. And now we don't have to pray for him because he's here. Amen? Uh, if you can find my picture, I don't know if you can find it. When I walked into Zion, I had hair down to here. I was a Christian, just barely made a commitment to Christ. But I was completely disciple. Do you have my picture with long hair? It was in the system. Amen. But I walked into Zion and I was raw was not filled with the Holy Ghost. I didn't understand anything. And I saw several thousand people with their hand raised up. I buttoned my shirt right about here. And chains and gold and hair down to here. And I looked around and I saw all these people with their hands up. All I knew is they had something about God that I didn't have. I didn't know they were drug addicts like I was and alcoholics like I was. I didn't know that. All I knew is what I was and what I had just came from. And I started, I stayed there for seven years. My wife was there seven and a half years. We met there. And um, praise the Lord. We left there and we went into full-time ministry. And so he's really the only pastor I ever had since I was a Christian, a true Christian. Amen. And uh, awesome this morning, if you were here, took a donkey and expounded on what it was book of Zechariah the prophetic and Exodus and the full of a mm -mm -mm, and all the rest and just opened it up and put it out there for us so then I'm honored to have my former pastor the only pastor I ever had, amen. He was on radio, he was on television. And Chuck is with him, one of the chaplains. Thank you, Chuck, for the prophetic word this morning. And thank you for serving my pastor. And once again, uh, let's stand. And let's give the Lord a clap offering for this gift that he created for his glory. Dr. Leonard Gardner, Pastor Leonard Gardner, would you come, please? Thank you, Jesus, for this gift in my life and so many others. Amen. 88, and he's still going. He'll be 88 in August.
You got your forks and spoons ready? You ready to eat? Amen. And then afterwards, join us again for some more goodies. Glad you're here. Hallelujah to Jesus. Praise his wonderful name. He is worthy of all honor and all glory and all praise. He's a good God. I have a few more miles on me than probably most of you do. Sometimes people ask me, if you had to do do over again, would you do it? I said I would do it. There's no better way to live than to serve Jesus, just serving him. When I was in high school, I was honored to get a four-year scholarship to University of Michigan to study dentistry. And uh, I told the people in our church when I was pastoring, I said, you know, I thought I was going to be in your mouth, but God put me in your face. Or <laughs> 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 whatever it is, <laughs> it's okay. So I trust that we are a blessing whenever we come this way. Uh, Jerry and Cheryl are very precious, precious friends of ours. They've been around a long time. But uh, they've done a super job here. And I know there's great rewards that await them. And I tell you, folks, the need is you pray for them, lift them up, stand with them. And they're, I know, going to finish the course. There's only one way to go. And that's with Jesus. A few uh, months ago, uh, we published a book of our autobiography of our family and ministry, summarized. And you know, the title of the book is it's rather odd, it's strange. But it came from a minister's conference I was in one time, and we were sharing the word of God and talking about the things of the Lord. And one pastor raised his hand. He said, I have a question to ask you. He said, how did you stay in this thing this long? Really did. And I tried to think of a real spiritual answer but I couldn't find one. It just wasn't in my head. So I opened my mouth and out of my mouth came the words, I just didn't quit. I didn't even get an amen with that. <laughs> but you know, sometimes that's really what it gets down to. It's not always easy. It's not always fun. It's always good. Amen. Amen. And as I shared with you this morning, the donkey didn't get done with his job until he brought Jesus all the way. He did his job well. So if you get to heaven, you see a donkey over there with a ribbon on it. <laughs> say, I think I've heard of you. He did his job. Thank God for that privilege. So it was a real joy to me when Bishop asked me to be here with you today, celebrate their wedding anniversary. And it's very special because it's very personal. I really love them. Pray for them all the time. And by the way, thank you so very much for praying for us. We need it. We, we, we really need the strength of the Lord every day to make it one more day. 
And uh, I, I just feel honored that we can come and share with you folks who believe in like manner and have walked the same road and know that I love you all. I pray for you. Don't know you all personally. But please know that the love that Jesus put in my heart for his people is certainly extended to you as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Well, if you brought your Bibles, uh, we're going to open them in a few minutes, but before we do, I just want to take this occasion and give you another opportunity to give what the Lord would lay upon your heart to uh, Bishop and Dr. Piscopo as special I love you. And we, we have a couple of boxes still up here, I think. Are they not? They're not here. Okay. If you can bring one up here. And any anyone that didn't get an opportunity to uh, do something this morning, if you want to uh, give specially to them, I know they'll be pleased and the Lord will bless you for it. When we when we give, when we sow, the Lord always brings a harvest and a reward. Praise his name. Hallelujah. Well, if you have your Bibles with you tonight, I'm going to take the time to read the scripture. I apologize. I feel so badly that I didn't read my text this morning. But I knew I was under a time limit, and I also didn't get here early enough to get settled and I got up here and I thought, I, I, I looked at a couple of notes I had and I couldn't read them. So I thought, here we go, Lord, we'll just do it ad lib. And, and then when I got home today, somebody said to me, why didn't you read? I said, well, I, I don't know. I, I got up there and I, I just couldn't see. And they looked at me and they said, well, your glasses are in your pocket. And they were, but I found them today. So we're going to read tonight. Hallelujah. If you, if you uh, can turn with me, please. I'm going to read first from the book of Isaiah. And then I, I want to read from the book of Jeremiah. And, and leave some thoughts with you about the greatness of our Lord. I was so thankful for the folks that came to Jesus this morning. That's, it's, he's, it's all, all glory due to him. But I want to tell you, don't ever lose your love for souls. That's where it's at. And to see people give themselves to the master. It's the greatest step they can take in their whole lives. So we just give God praise for it all and thank you for your prayers. If you're familiar with the book of Isaiah, let me just say uh, in opening that it's often called the little Bible. Not only because it's located almost in the middle of your Bible, in the order of the books, but mostly because it consists of 66 chapters. Now, you know with me, because I'm sure you're familiar with the fact that there is in the Bible both an Old Testament and a New Testament. The Old Testament has 39 books. The New Testament has 27 books. And all of you that passed math in school, how many is that when you add them together? It's 66. 
Now, that's not disarbitrary. That's not unimportant. That is extremely important. In fact, if you want to remember that sometime, let me tell you a secret. How many letters are in the word old? Three. How many are in the word testament? Nine, you're right. Put those two numbers together and it's what? No, don't add them. Put them side by side. 39. That's how you can remember how many are in the Old Testament. You say, Pastor, but I'm a New Testament person. Okay, then multiply them. And what do you have? You have 27. And that's how many are in the New Testament. Add them together and you have 66. Very important and very significant. Because without the old, the new is incomplete. Without the new, the old is unfulfilled. They're, they walk hand in hand. They're all very important. You see, old doesn't stand for outdated. What it stands for is former. There's a former testament and a latter testament. But they're both current. They're both up to date. Old and new alike. And I, I uh, want to just share a few things. And I'm not going to preach a long time because I'm old. It's kind of difficult, you know. Uh, but I thank God for the privilege and the opportunity of doing that, being with my friends here today. If you will open to chapter 40 of the book of Isaiah, you will know with me in the math we just finished doing that if there are 39 books in the Old Testament, the 40th is the first of the new. And that's the way Isaiah's book is. Chapter 40 starts off just like your New Testament starts off. With the announcement of Jesus coming with his birth and goes on in to the rest of his life. And so we read from chapter 40 something that uh, I think is very fundamental, very key, very important to our walk with the Lord and our knowledge of his word. Beginning with verse 1, chapter 40, book of Isaiah, says, Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, and that she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. What a powerful verse. Speak to the people. The word of the Lord is that they be comfortable. The Lord wants to make us comfortable. Not as we may think so that we just look for more lounge chairs and rocking chairs. That's not what he's talking about when he says, speak comfort. He wants us comfortable so that we can be comforters. How many of you know with me this world of ours needs comforters tonight? 
the evil, the darkness. It's just unbelievable. The garbage. Now I'll stop there. People are anxious. People are fearful. People don't know which way to go. They don't know who to believe. Who's right, channel two or channel seven? Probably neither of them sometimes. <laughs> the point I, I, I'm trying to make is this. You're never going to find the wholeness of peace and joy that your heart longs for out there anywhere. It's only in one man. It's in Jesus. It's in Jesus. It's in Jesus. I said it's in Jesus. I live for Jesus. I'll, I would die if I had to for Jesus. I love him with all of my heart. When I was a little boy, God healed me miraculously. When three doctors told my parents to plan for my funeral, I wasn't going to live. Instantly, he gave me two new lungs. And I haven't worn them out yet. I'm almost 88 years. He's, he's so good. But you know, my folks were not, were not born again. They weren't saved. I, I wasn't saved. I didn't know. I was only two years old. I didn't even know my name. But because of that miracle, they got saved. My parents got saved. All of our family came to Jesus. Every single one came to know Jesus because Jesus touched me as a little boy. And so I, I, I fell in love with church. You know, I thought that's where it was. And, and they told me that even when I was about three years old, I would take my teddy bear and put him in his little rocking chair and I'd preach to him. Really, I did. And it was, it was interesting because he... he he never got there late. <laughs> never left early. He was with me all the way. But I learned after a few years, it wasn't church that was the highest purpose of my love. It was Jesus. And Jesus became so special to me. I remember sometimes driving to the church in an old 34 Ford, no air conditioning. My brother and I were bundled under blankets just to keep us warm. Remember my father stopping and wiping nitroglycerin on the windows just to, glycerin I should have said just to be able to see. And I'd sit there in the back seat and look out the window and just talk to the Lord. He was, he, he became so precious to me. He's a real person. He's not a statue. He's not just a name. He's a person. Yes, yes. And there's another person that's just as real called the Holy Spirit. And you know what one of his names is? The Comforter. Jesus said to his followers, I'm going to give you a Comforter because I'm going to go away. And I'm going to put you on a mission. I'm going to give you an assignment. You comfort people. 
make them comfortable. So when I, when I read in chapter 40 here, this verse, I can begin to understand how much Jesus loves you and I. He loves you. He died for you. He gave everything for us. What kind of love is that? He called it a greater love. He said, you can't have anything greater than this. That you would love the Lord God with all your heart and all your soul and your mind, your neighbor as yourself. And you would lay down your life for your friends. What a comforter we have. I believe we need to get more and more familiar with the Holy Spirit in this last day. Because what God is about to do is going to be centered very much around the name Jesus and the person of the Holy Spirit. We will know and see the glory, I believe, before it comes to a close. And I don't believe we're very far from the end, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a prophet. I'm just a donkey. But I've been walking with Jesus for a few years. And what I feel in my spirit is we're so close that we have to polish up and sharpen our relationship with him. We say, Lord, help me to love you more. Help me to touch the hurting and the dying. Wasn't it, wasn't it a glorious thing to see these people come to the Lord this morning? Now, if that doesn't thrill you, you better go home and eat your macaroni again. I'm telling you, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. That's why we live. That's not what I'm preaching on tonight. I'm just talking now. Because I think, by and large, we've lost the focus. Somewhere we've lost the picture. Because if people aren't comforted, they're never going to know what eternal life is all about. Hurting, dying people. But he said here three things. He said, I want you to comfort my people. <coughs> and I want you to let them know that their warfare is accomplished. We've already won. How many of you know that? And I want you to know also that we have received of the Lord's hand double for all of our sins. You know what? I read that a few years ago and I said, Lord, I, I don't understand that scripture. It seems like there's two positives and one negative. You know. What is this about double for all of our sins? Does that mean he's going to be twice as mad at us for what we've done wrong? Does that mean that he has no deep love and commitment to us anymore? No, 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 no. It touches upon a certain concept that the Israelites practiced for a number of years when God delivered them out of the hand of the enemy. And they would call it paying the double. 
paying the double. Yeah. Here's how they worked. When they were living day by day and would find themselves because of some problem that arose, being indebted to the point of losing everything they had. Or they became indebted to the point of not being able to pay their creditors. God had given them a provision and he said, here's what you do. You can take a goat, kill the goat, take its skin, turn it inside out, and write a list of all of your debts on that skin. Write your creditor's name and how much you owe them. And they proceeded to do this as a practice. And so, after one who was, say, bankrupt, listed all of his debts, put it on the goatskin, then they were to take the goatskin and nail it to the front door of their house so that everybody that walked by could see it. <laughs> Wasn't that embarrassing? They could see how poor this house, this family, these people were. Joe's grocery store, $3,450. Picture it, this goat skin, like a piece of paper rolled out, nailed to the door. The whole world could see their debt. But the provision was that if somebody came by and saw their name on there and they, they felt they wanted to help this poor person, they could cancel the debt. They could go up there and just draw a line through their name and, their, and that amount and they cancel the debt for that person. Anybody just walked by the next day and it wasn't there anymore. That was gone. But if somebody of great means walked by, that is somebody that had a fair bit of money, and looked at that goat skin and saw that overwhelming death, they said to themselves, that poor man is never going to pay that debt. So I'm going to pay it for him. He could walk up and he'd take the bottom of that goat skin and wrap it up over the top and drive a nail and right across it, paid in full. You know where I'm going, don't you? Paid in full. Nobody could even tell what debt that poor person had. Because he didn't just write paid in full on the front. He wrapped that goat skin around so that nobody could see how indebted he was when he paid it all. He did indeed, my sister. We sing a song and say, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin hath left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. So, so he said to Isaiah, he said, tell my people, I'm going to pay the double.
And it was only a few hundred years when Jesus hauled that big piece of wood down the road to Calvary's Hill. And he opened his hands and his feet. And they effectively did the fulfillment of what had been promised and practiced for hundreds of years. And what Calvary says is, if you believe in him, he can take care of your debt. I'm not just talking about nickels and dimes. I'm talking about every aspect of life. He paid for it. And so, you see, that brings a comfort to the heart of people. You can relax. You can know I'm going to make it. Things are, I don't care how bad they look. I'll tell you, I know what's waiting me over the hilltop. I know what's ahead of me. Jesus already paid it all. Debt canceled. He paid the double. That was the name of that activity. He paid the double. And he said, through Isaiah, when Isaiah would go on to prophesy the birth of Jesus and the coming of Jesus, he told him, he said, tell my people, tell my people, I paid, I'm paying the double. <laughs> Aren't you glad that he pulled that goat's skin up and hid all your mess and my mess? No, hallelujah. Because all the people can see anymore now. If you're serving Jesus, when they look at your life, you see somebody that's been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. You've, you've run into Jesus somewhere. You met Jesus somewhere. Oh, yeah. Some folks did in the service this morning. The Holy Spirit... Folded up the goat's skin, drove the nail like he did at Calvary. And he wrote, paid in full. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. So that was a provision. It was a provision for the sinner. We all know that. Most of us have experienced that. And if you're in this service tonight, and you say, but Pastor Gardner, I... I I don't know if God loves me. You don't have any idea what I have done. No, I don't care. I'm not going to read your goat skin. I'm going to tell you about the nail. And I'm going to tell you that somebody paid for it. They paid for it all. It's paid in full. He paid the double. Now, over in Jeremiah, there's another provision God made. This is a provision for the unsaved. But now there's a provision for the saved. Over in Jeremiah, God said to Jeremiah, I'm going to use you to bring my word to the people that have become cold in heart and backslidden. And the ones that have lost their way. You know, there's a lot of people today that have lost their way. Yes. And he said to Jeremiah, here's what you must do. You go down to the potter's house. And I'm going to show you something on the wheel of the potter. Don't you go out and preach yet, Jeremiah. I, I've called you. I'm going to use you. But don't go out there and start talking. Because you got to see the potter's house first. And once you see the potter's house and what I do there, 
then you can go out and preach my word to the world. And in chapter, read it with me, in chapter 18 of Jeremiah in your Bible, it says, The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house. And there I will cause you, I will cause you to hear my words. Was he just going to speak them? No, his words were already spoken, but Jeremiah didn't understand them. So he said, I'm going to open your ears. You're going to hear my words. And uh, then he, he, Jeremiah said, I went down to the potter's house. And behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. How many of you have ever watched a potter work? Well, thanks for coming tonight. If you ever get a chance, do it. I asked the Lord for several years. I said, Lord, I'd like to, I, I'd like to meet a real professional potter and talk to him. And the Lord arranged that. I was down in the southern part of the country. I met a professional potter, and I walked with him through the process. That's how my, my book called The Potter's Wheel was, came about. But he said, Jeremiah, now watch. He said, look at this next verse. He said, you're going to see that even a wheel that, or a vessel that has been made with my hands can become cracked in the hand of the potter. Not by the hand of the potter, but while it's in the hand of the potter, it can become cracked. What is he saying? He's saying as much as we love the Lord, as much as we know of the Lord, as much as we praise the Lord, there's a possibility that we can fail him, violate him, stub our toe, and miss the mark. But Jeremiah, when you see this crack form in the vessel, I want you to notice one thing. The potter doesn't throw it away and reach for more clay to make a new one. No, no. He doesn't do that. This potter that I talked to showed me and told me that there exists little bugs called fazookas. And what a potter does when his vessel is cracked and it will no longer hold water. A mistake was made. And if you ever make a mistake in your life, stumble, huh? Oh, there's only a couple here. I've got the wrong message again tonight what we all have we all have but he said when it happens what you do is you go out in the field and on the back of bulls and goats whom Hebrews chapter 11 says the blood of bulls and goats can never remit sin they can only atone for sin. They cover it over for a while, but remittances can only come through the blood of Jesus. Nothing but the blood. What can wash away my sin? What can make me whole again? Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other, no other form. I know just the blood of Jesus. 
And the potter takes these little bugs. He keeps them in a jar for a while until he has a crack and he's going to mend a vessel. And he takes them one by one out of that jar, puts them between his first finger and his thumb, and he squeezes them as hard as he can. And blood flows out of those little fazookas. And he takes that blood and he mixes it with dry clay. And it becomes like paste, like body. And he takes that and he wipes it right down over the crack. And that potter told me that when they put that on the crack, it becomes stronger than it was even before it cracked. Hallelujah. 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 The blood. It's in the blood. It's in the blood. It's in the blood. And that vessel comes out more useful, more prepared to carry whatever its owner makes it to carry. The blood of Jesus. Run to the blood. Run to the cross. Run to the provision. You see, the blood of bulls and goats cannot remit. The word remit means take away forever. Do you ever get a bill in the mail and somebody writes across it, remit it? What they mean is, you'll never hear from me again. It's gone. But until Jesus died, all that could ever be done was an atonement was made. We just covered it over so people couldn't see it. And when they looked at this vessel that was cracked and covered over with blood, they'd know it was a promise. It was a promise that one day, very soon, there's going to be a kind of blood you can wipe on that crack. And it'll never show again. Hallelujah. 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 Bless the name of Jesus. So his provision, you see, is for the unsaved by doing the double and for the believer by providing the blood of the cross to wash away our sin. Bless the Lord. Can you love him for that? Can you thank him for that? Can you realize that there's no safer way to walk? You're on the road to eternal bliss and seeing him face to face. And knowing, knowing that he loves you. Glory to God. We can carry what we couldn't carry before. See, even when we're in the hands of the potter, he'll protect us and he'll keep us. But we still have, we still have the personal choice. And sometimes we make a mistake. And we don't love him like we used to. Our love for the word of God begins to wane. Our love for worship in his presence begins to wane. And then that happens. Look for the crack. Look for the crack. It's there. But look for the blood. Because it's right there as well. Put the blood on it. By the blood of Jesus, we're whole. We're made whole forevermore. We sang that chorus earlier tonight. 
Eric, if you come, I'd just like to sing it in closing. I'm not going to preach long tonight. Your, your favorite. And I'd like to sing that chorus again. Eric, did you leave or did you get raptured? Or? Well, bless the Lord anyway. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other I know nothing but the blood of Jesus. Bow your head with me, you please. There may be someone in here tonight. That is in need of a touch from Jesus. If you've never given your heart to the Lord before, this is the greatest opportunity, perhaps the final opportunity that you will ever have. You can turn your heart over to Him. He'll take care of it and keep it. And he will wash away your sin. Wash it. Wash it. Wash it away. And or perhaps you feel that you failed somewhere. In a moment of weakness and a problem that seemed insurmountable and a mountain that seemed too high to climb. You missed it. You said something that you wish you hadn't said. You did something you wish you hadn't have done. We all can look at ourselves and see such situations. But my word to you tonight, my friend, is there's a provision. There's a blood that's waiting to wipe over that crack. Wipe over that wound that the devil tells you you'll never be the same again. God will never love you. He'll never use you like he wanted him to use you. The devil is a liar. I'm here to tell you the truth. The blood still flows. And there's nothing like the blood to cleanse you and make you whole. This very night you can walk out of here whole. Perhaps you've been cracked, chipped somewhere. And you've been struggling with that. This is the time to lay it at the feet of Jesus. It's the blood that flowed from his side. From his hands and his feet. From his head. From his back. Five places he was wounded. Five is the number of grace. It was by his grace that he bled.
for you and I. And whether it's in your thinking, whether it's in your doing, whether it's in your walking, whether it's in your back, your head, the blood will make you whole, cleanse you and make you whole. Will you stand with me? I would like to pray with you. And as we pray tonight, I'm just going to ask you if you can identify with what I've shared in these few moments. Just call on the name of Jesus. Say, Jesus, I'm here right now. I'm here right now, Jesus. Touch me. Heal me. Forgive me. Change me. Make me whole, Lord. Give me the love, the intense love I used to have for you. Give me, oh God, a love for you beyond all else. It's nothing but the blood of Jesus what can wash away my sin nothing but the blood of Jesus and what can me Nothing but of Jesus. Oh, precious is the that makes me white as snow. No. Nothing Jesus I pray right now For every one of these precious people That have gathered here tonight You see us as we really are You see us With our cracks with our chips. These things that just seem to be a part of that old life. Lord, tonight, I believe you come with the blood to heal some people. I believe there are some people here tonight, Lord, that have been bothered by a failure somewhere in their life. And that thing has haunted them. In the night hours, it's haunted them. Jesus, I curse that thing in the name of Jesus. And I command that the blood of Jesus be applied and make whole. Walk in the promise that when you ask, you shall receive. Hallelujah. And if you've never given your life to Jesus yet, you're struggling in sin, in a darkened world, in an evil way, reach out your hand to Jesus right now. Touch him. Say, Jesus, please touch me right now. Make me whole again. I will serve you. I will obey you. I will walk with you. And I thank you, Jesus, to know tonight that you've come to me to make me whole in every way.
Thank you, Master. Thank you for what you've done for every person here. For that one right now that has reached out to you. You've cleansed. You've patched. And then may they leave this place a beautiful, dependable vessel to carry your love to someone else along the way. Thank you, Master. We bless your name forevermore. Amen. Amen, amen. Praise God. Turn to somebody and say, I feel better. The Lord does it, doesn't he? The Lord is faithful. If you need personal prayer, let us know after the service. Pastors, uh,